I've gotten off this gerbil wheel and destroyed it and thinking about mm. how I think about the the different ways how to approach work and being sustainable right and so I think I've also been impacted by women of color passing away on the job and thinking a lot about what I what I want most from my life you know in in this position and I think I I want to be more balanced but also like understand that um you know these institutions aren't going to love you back you know and so yes you can pour love into the institution into your students into your work but to be conscious of the fact that you can't pour all yourself all your spirit you know into it because i think that becomes very unhealthy hello and welcome to student affairs now i'm your host keith edwards Today, we have a special opportunity to talk to one of our hosts, Susana Munoz, about her sabbatical experience. This experience was transformative and has opened Susana up to new ways of engaging and being in the world and with higher education. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about your experience and where it is taking you in this conversation today. Yeah. Student First Now is the premier podcast and online learning community for thousands of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find details about this episode or browse our archives at studentaffairsnow.com. And today's episode is sponsored by Simplicity, a true partner. Simplicity supports all aspects of student life with technology platforms that empower institutions to make data-driven decisions. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Keith Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a speaker, consultant, and coach, and you can find out more about me at keithedwards.com. I'm recording this from Minneapolis, Minnesota, at the intersections of the ancestral homelands of both the Dakota and the Ojibwe peoples. Let's get to Susanna. So glad to be with you here today and have this conversation. I know folks have listened to your episodes and your conversations, but why don't you take the liberty to tell folks even a little bit more about you? Thanks so much. Happy to be here with you today. Um, again, my name is Susana Munoz. My pronouns are she, hers, and ella. Um, and I'm an associate professor at Colorado State University in the Higher Education Leadership Program. At uh, in Colorado State is the ancestral homelands of the Ute, Cheyenne, and Arapaho people. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about me and what I've been up to. Um, and um, do you want to talk about the sabbatical stuff? Is that what? No, we're I want you to talk about the sabbatical stuff. So you've taken a sabbatical away from the podcast for the past year, and away from your role at Colorado State. So. What have you been doing? Um, how did that come to be? What has shifted? Yeah, so I um, want to just name that taking a sabbatical is definitely a privilege. Mm -hmm. um, and I have been teaching full time as a faculty member since 2011. And so, um, and I've been in the um, program coordinator role, well, I was in the program coordinator role um, for five years. Mm -hmm. So um, 
So it was time, you know, it was definitely, um, a way for me to sort of like, okay, I need to, I need to take a break. Um, but also, you know, when the Academy is going to be the Academy, so you have to apply for your sabbatical and kind of note all the things that you want to do, um, how productive you want to be all of the things. So it's an application process that you put forth to like your Dean and the provost. And so, so I wanted to do some work at the university of Arizona in Tucson, um, who doesn't want to take sabbatical in the desert. Right. And so, um, I had the opportunity to work with, um, their Hispanic serving initiatives and their HSI person, um, Dr. Marla Franco. Um, so I worked with her on some of the, and participated in some of the HSI initiatives that they have at the University of Arizona. Um, Colorado State University is an emerging HSI. And so I feel like I needed to learn all of I can learn um, to help sort of guide and, and uh, lead and provide wisdom and research around, you know, what does it mean to be an HSI um, when you're a predominantly white institution? So, mm -hmm. um, so that was part of my, um, my research, my, my sabbatical, but I also, you know, did get a Spencer grant when I was on sabbatical to do some research around transfer pathways for DACA and undocumented students from one HSI at a community college to another HSI at a four-year institution. So what is, what is serving this look like, mm -hmm. particularly when, these bodies are counted and how are they being served and also thinking about how the social political context of Arizona impacts um, serving this for undocumented and DACA students. And so um, I was in Arizona during the, the election cycle and that, that was wild. That mm -hmm. was something that I have never seen like in Colorado, like in terms of like the um, kinds of verbiage and language that was used um, to categorize immigrants and mm -hmm. um, so blatantly in um, billboards. <laughs> so, um, so there was definitely, you know, that exposure that I was like, yeah, this is, this, this, this is a different social political context that, mm -hmm. um, that I'm, was getting used to. So, so ultimately that's, you know, kind of what I, I did sort of for like work-wise, but to be honest with you, um, I, I rested mm. and, you know, in the beginning it was really hard to rest and be still and not be productive and dealing with shame and guilt around resting mm -hmm. so um so yeah there was a lot of I would say tears and around that which to some may sound silly you know to to have these emotions around the notion of rest but I think it's really rooted in how I was maybe socialized 
you know, in graduate school um, and in my faculty role around productivity or your worth being rooted in the productivity. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of um, emotional unpacking that I had to do around the notion of work and um, how it felt uncomfortable in my body that um, my body was rejecting rest in a way that pissed me off and Mm -hmm. in a way that um, I was feeling a lot of like emotions about it so Mm -hmm. so I think that was one of the the biggest realizations of like the importance of like retraining my body to normalize a pause and how to um re shift my thinking that my entire worth identity um is not wrapped up in work mm-hmm. right and so it was hard i have to say it was it was hard to get to a point where um you know i i was even having conversations with people around like I what do I I fear that people will forget about me or something or I fear I that I'm not doing enough for my community or the people that I work with and for um so I had to kind of you know be marinate be in it process um, all of that, you know? And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I, I think when I talk about sabbatical as this, like, yes, I, it was also rooted in some of this work, but I think for me, it was, I don't know, an awakening moment for me around my worth and what mm-hmm. I value and how I got to a place where my worth was an identity was wrapped up in my productivity mm-hmm. and what I produced um mm-hmm. and how do I how do I kind of backtrack that a little bit more yeah so it, it took sabbatical the sabbatical experience to sort of make this really obvious to you probably something you noticed along the way but maybe mm-hmm. didn't pay much attention to you to make it this really obvious to you and then once it was obvious kind of wanting to unbraid my identity my work my productivity, my work, these are separate things. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was, um, you know, the whole purpose of like the whole word sabbatical is rest. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think it, it was, um, it was definitely, the wake up call around like getting that biofeedback from my body around stillness Mm -hmm. right around it's okay to you know read for fun and not feel like guilty um and shame around having having that you know that privilege or that you know that time for yourself and so you're right I you know there were and I think I I preach this, right? I I preach self-care. I preach, you know, we need to be kind to our bodies and our spirits. 
I preach it to my students, but it wasn't until, you know, and, and I do practice like self-care here and there, but it wasn't until I was forced to just pause and be, be in tune with myself that I really got messages from my body that I'm uncomfortable with this mm-hmm. pause. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was, that was one of the, the transformational moments of sabbatical was, okay, I got this message. What do I do with it? Yeah. What, what do oh. like, what do I do with this new information? And, you know, how do I dismantle the gerbil wheel that I've been on mm-hmm. um, and think of other ways, other healthier ways to view work? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm interested before we talk about that part about where it takes you, I'm interested in the difference between your planned sabbatical mm-hmm. and your actual sabbatical because you're talking about applying right which you do long yeah. before the sabbatical begins and you're imagining you're thinking and you're still in that state of productivity you're still on the turbo wheel you're still doing all of that and sort of what you planned and what you proposed and what you imagined and then i guess the way i'm imagining it is a very different experience unfolded and maybe at the beginning tell me how i'm wrong about this at the beginning it was probably pretty similar to what you planned and the further you got it got further and further and further away from what you had anticipated imagined strategy Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I mean it's it it was still the plan but it was being uh away from my institution Mm -hmm. it was being away from work life and being just a visitor right that um felt different there was there was nobody checking me right there was there was really there was nobody you know checking on my productivity well and you did a great job of that i mean as the podcast we were sending emails and you're like yeah i'm not reading those (laughs) we'd send you text (laughs) messages i'm not reading those either so you really did build some things around to take that and give yourself that space so kudos to and and setting that those boundaries because i carpomentalized things that were happening at CSU mm-hmm. and there were things happening right for and sure, so for sure and and so I I did a good job of like nope you know that's gonna be when I come back but for now mm-hmm. that's gonna not necessarily consume my energy um you know so you know for me it was more about like this you know this progression of like you know, thinking about, you know, rest. And and also I have to name the fact that I was staying at my BFF's house, Judy Marquez Kiyama. And, um, you know, and she, she was, you know, works, she's a faculty member at U of A. And, um, and so I was really in her house, swimming in her pool, making friends with her dog. And also I would come home and feel like, oh, here's, here's what I did. And, and her kind of saying, I think you're doing too much, right? I don't think this is what the purpose is for you to, you know, be on sabbatical. And so the more that I tapered off sort of like, you know, my to-do list and, and thinking about ways to like, okay, 
you know, being active, reading for fun. And I got into a lot of these young adult books, which were amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, I started reading those and um, getting consumed with other books other than the academic books. And so, and um, I started like the more that I drifted away from like the work, it's the more that those feelings of, you know, guilt and shame started to kind of creep in. And so, so I think for me, it was sort of like, as you said, just this progression and, and sort of like this, why am I feeling guilty? Why is there shame for me around not being uber productive? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think, I also think it stems from being an immigrant. I think it stems from a work ethic that I grew up with and, so I had to like unpack all this, yeah. all this. Aren't all you glad you had a year and not a semester? I am so glad I had a year because I even when I got to the semester, I was like, "Ooh, I am not ready. I'm not ready." And so You're in the middle of this metamorphosis, I was. And the way, just so folks know, the way the year works is that you, um, the institution only pays half your salary. And so I was fortunate enough to have savings and um, do some consulting work. And, um, but, you know, it was the blessing to take that whole year because, mm -hmm. you know, sabbatical only comes around like every so often. And I talked to my colleagues that are near retirement and they talk about how they've never taken a sabbatical and I'm, right. you know, I'm just, sort of like dumbfounded around like, well, this is, you know, like regardless of, you know, that are situations, I think anyone that works in higher education, regardless of your faculty or staff, I think deserves a sabbatical of some mm -hmm. sorts and what that mm -hmm. can look like to just get rejuvenated, to just get rest, but also, you know, have the time to just honor yourself, honor, honor the ways that, you know, in which you show up. And, and think about what what kind of things you want differently for yourself. And and to reset your relationship. Reset mm -hmm. your relationship with yourself. Reset your relationship with scholarship. Reset your relationship with work. Reset your relationship with productivity. And when you're in it, it, it can be hard to notice that, to see that, to recognize it, and do that reset. So how has it shifted your relationship with your work in higher education or even just your relationship with higher education. So to come back was a little strange, right? Because <laughs> it's like, holy cow, how did we do like a whole day of retreat and meetings in the past? Like my body was not ready for mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the, the, the meetings and the schedules and things like that. And so, so I've had to really be you know, intentional, you know, I talk about the fact that I, I've gotten off this gerbil wheel and destroyed it and thinking about mm. how I think about the, the different ways, how to approach work and being sustainable. Right. And so I think I've also been impacted by women of color passing away on the job and thinking a lot about what I what I want most from 
my life, you know, in, in this position. And I think I, I want to be more balanced, but also like understand that, um, you know, these institutions aren't going to love you back, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you can pour love into the institution, into your students, into your work, but to be conscious of the fact that you can't pour all yourself, all your spirit, you know, into it, because I think that becomes very unhealthy. And so it's just kind of um, thinking about just the boundaries, you know, and, um, and there are some days where it's, I'm tired, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, from, you know, the, the days that I, have a little bit packed and I listen to my body more mm -hmm. and um and so I'm I'm paying attention to the messages that I'm receiving from my body um more so than I have in the past mm -hmm. and uh, so that means you know I I shift you know the proactivity you know one of the things that I'll share with our listeners is that you know going up for full professor you know, something that is down the road for me and, um, and something that I, I want to apply for, but, you know, some of the, you know, the recommendations were like, I, I think maybe you'll be like a slam dunk if you like publish six more things. Right. And I'm just like, what? I'm, you know, I'm not going to put my body through that. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not even going to entertain this fact that I have to reach a certain number, right? And so, um, so I've kind of, you know, come to terms with like, if it happens, it happens, you know, if it, and if it doesn't, like, I am, I'm okay with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think it took sabbatical for, for me to realize, like, I don't have to continue to climb, right? Mm -hmm. And, and reach these milestones in ways that, I think the academy presents in a, you know, in an unhealthy way. And going up for full is so wonky for me, to be honest. I think that's way more ambiguous than going up for tenure. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I think that we have these notions that, like, yeah, somebody really taps you and, like, yeah, you're ready, you know. Um, and then, but ultimately, like, I'm. It's you know, it's all these other things that I think are mm -hmm. um, not very, I don't know, I don't want to say unhealthy, but I, I want to also say, like, I think you have to make a choice of, you know, what you want and mm -hmm. how you achieve what you want. It doesn't have to necessarily be at the expense of your health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, have, have the people you work with noticed something different? Your, your fellow faculty members, your students, the, I think are you getting some feedback. I think the feedback that I'm getting is that I'm, I'm more grounded. More present. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I'm, you know, in class and, and it was funny, it took me a while to like go back to teaching. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, where is everything? Where, what breakout rooms? What, how do we do this? You know, so it, it, it was an adjustment to go back to um, the teaching and I love the teaching part. And I think I, you know, 
I taught this summer and it felt like, it felt like a different, like I was a different professor. Mm -hmm. It felt like I was, you know, honoring myself and try to model for students. How do, how do I honor myself in this process? You know, how do I get more grounded? How do I help other students get more grounded with the space and, you know, the, their, who they are, um, and their wellness. So it's, I think it's definitely made me more, um, in, intentional and mindful professor than I have mm -hmm. been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, and so even students like, yeah, you sound rested. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I sounded not rested, but yes, mm -hmm. I, I, I'll take that. But, mm -hmm. um, but I think also I'm, I'm realizing like, I'm going to be intentional where I put my energy in. Right. And so, um, things that I can't control should not be in my mind. And so mm -hmm. I'm trying to also like control the things that are consuming my, my head and energy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's just another thing you're teaching, right? Whatever the class is about, but also being present mm -hmm. honoring yourself. Um, you know, I think so many of us, one of the ways we get socialized is by watching what people we admire, Mm -hmm. teachers leaders uh there's there's what they say and then there's what they do and and we learn from both of those and it sounds like um you're really modeling for your students um some things that are serving you mm -hmm. but it's not just you're not just doing that for yourself you're doing that for them as well yeah yeah no i hope so i think that's my purpose it really, and, I mean, I don't want to oversell it, but metamorphosis, transformation, awakening, uh, spiritual shift seems like what we're talking about here. How has it just shifted, not just your work in higher education, how has it shifted just your, your way of being in the world? I think it just feels like I am more attuned to what my purpose is and how I want to spend my time on this earth right and I think mm -hmm. you know um you know it was hard on my family to be honest you know to be away and um you know I would be away you know weeks at a time and then come back for a week or so and then go back and so um that shifted sort of like my my family a little bit but and so now just sort of like I'm I am just happy to be home like and just feel like comfortable in my own space and not needing to be in 12 different places you know around you know the on in this in the united states but i i also feel like um i am taking care of better taking better care of myself mm -hmm. and so um i developed a routine and I got into yin yoga. I don't know if like, you know what yin yoga is, but it's it's essentially yoga poses that you hold for like three to five minutes. Mm. And that's really challenged me to just be still. Yeah. And just, you know, you're supposed to kind of like hold a position kind of to the level of a little bit on the edge of uncomfortableness, but also like making sure that you're not pushing your body all that yeah. um, well, much to 
like feel pain. And so that practice has really helped me um, just practice being still and getting comfortable with, you know, the, that edge, right. Yeah. That edge of uncomfortability. So what a great uh, antidote to the productivity message. Yeah. Whereas I'm going to be perfectly still for three to five minutes and focus on where I'm touching the ground and focus mm -hmm. on my body and focus on my breathing. It just seems like I, I, I've never heard of this before, but it seems like a really great antidote to some of the things that you're wanting to push back on and get away from and, and practice, right? A constant yeah. reminder and a constant practice. Yes. So I'm doing that and I find myself sleeping better, um, mm -hmm. being more, I mean, just kind of not having like a fog in my head, but just having more clarity and focus as well. So mm -hmm. it's helped out. It's been beneficial. And so I think those, like you, the notion of pouring into yourself first, I mean, I don't know, like we've always known that, you know, I've always mm -hmm. known like you have to take care of yourself before mm -hmm. you take care of others. Mm -hmm. But I've never really thought about what, which of those, what things I wanted to pour in myself that was super intentional mm -hmm. you know, in ways that helps me develop and grow as a human being. And so I think those are the things that um, has been really beneficial for me in terms of how I show up as a person, um, my purpose, um, and how my liberation doesn't have to be, you know, all about the work, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to say more about your liberation? Well, I think, you know, thinking about um, how we we think about higher education, but also as this possibility or space of liberation and understanding that is our hope. That is what we we want. And mm -hmm. I think I've come to the the realization that while that's an aspiration, I can create liberatory spaces in my community, in my friends, in my family. Liberatory doesn't necessarily happen in work. Liberatory mm -hmm. spaces can happen um, in solidarity with, with um, you know, with others and my sister scholars, my mm -hmm. queen group, you know, all of those, all of those groups in my life, you know, the women of color in my life, I think have really helped just to keep me, keep me grounded, but um, to really validate that my existence is not necessarily entangled with them, with the academy and how mm -hmm. that validation can come from other places. Yeah. And create that liberation in your home and this mm -hmm. relationship and these communities and other ways, which I think also then helps give you the grounding and the healing and the fuel to show up at work in different ways and right. perhaps be more grounded. Well, not perhaps you're, you're getting feedback that you are grounded, that you mm -hmm. are present, that you are here uh, for this class, um, which then makes you more effective at trying to achieve some of the things. So it's just a reminder to me about how letting go a little bit can help us be more effective yeah right rather yeah. than more 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 and hanging on to it harder and tougher and yeah 
And I think what, what we, re we don't realize is when you do let go, it opens up space for other things to come in, you know, other, not only just different kinds of ways that you think about your, your time and what you're spending time on, but just different kinds of opportunities that you've never really thought about that maybe you want to kind of venture on. And so, so yeah, I think, um, I think it's important to do that assessment every now and then to just sort of the, in what ways does this serve me and what ways does this not serve me mm -hmm. and um thank it for all the things that it provided in your life and just let it go yeah yeah well and just because this thing doesn't serve me now doesn't mean it didn't at one time it may have yeah. one time served me really well and no longer does or, or maybe i have a new awareness or a new relationship and so i think that can help us let go yeah um what else would you like to share? Well, I think speaking of letting go, um, I I made the really hard decision of of stepping away from student affairs now as a host. And I just want to thank you in particular because I think you were really giving me time and space and even just you know, saying, you know, whatever you want this to look like, we'll honor that. And I think that's mm -hmm. just a, a testament of um, who you are, but also like the the deep friendship that we have. And I, and why this was a hard decision is because of you all, like you, mm -hmm. Heather, Glenn, um, and the other co-host. I feel like we, you know, we all share this history, right, with each other. I was doing the math. It's been 25 years, Susanna. Five years. Oh my gosh. I know it's hard not to curse, isn't it? No, we still look good. Still <laughs> good. Um, but um I think that was the hard part is you know, the, you all have been, you know, my colleagues, but you know, really good friends over the years. And um it's just really an honor to share the space and it's been an honor to also like see where student affairs now you know, mm -hmm. is today. And mm -hmm. I think when we were coming up with this, I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll like, I'll participate and I'll like, you know, do these podcasts and like a little, you know, pet project that, you know, we mm -hmm. can have. And it's really expanded and mm -hmm. it's touched so many people. It's impacted, you know, the way we even bring you know, podcast information to our classrooms and even to our meetings as, you know, um, as required knowledge for us to kind of have deeper conversations about what's happening on our campuses. And so it's truly been just uh, an honor and privilege to witness where student affairs now um, has flourished and grown since the since the little meeting, then the meeting that we had at the beginning, when you've yeah. asked you know, to to join. Yeah. Well, I'm remembering that, that first conversation that you, Heather, Glenn, and I had before Rochelle and Mamta joined us. But that first conversation, you just said very sternly to us, I need this to be restorative to the profession. Mm -hmm. And like, not, you weren't asking. <laughs> <laughs> And we just said, oh, yes. And and that has sort of been something we talk about at the beginning of every episode and is mm -hmm. 
in in the uh essence of what we do and so really appreciative for that and uh yeah for folks who don't know we we meet on thursday mornings and we laugh and we're irreverent and we're frustrated and we have brilliant ideas and we connect each other with wonderful people who might be great guests and we talk about parenting and family and the things that we're navigating and it's it's a it's a community and it's been great to have you be a part of the community and great to have you um, in connection and we have known each other for a long time and then we go in different directions and do different things so it's been wonderful to to circle back and connect with you and wonderful to see you when we got to see you to our surprise <laughs> at acpa and you were there and to see you at that time you were still on your sabbatical you were mm -hmm. really like but later in the sabbatical and full of emotion and energy and just you were very clear like this experience has forever changed me yeah no yeah I remember that and I think it was just you know releasing a lot of unhealthy notions of um, work and really starting to love and honor my body and my mm. my soul and spirit in ways that I haven't in the past and you know, how to, you know, be kind to it and also, you know, let go of some of the the shame and guilt. And so I think that took took a while. So I think you yeah. caught me at a place where I was at that in that intersection of like, yes, I'm I'm coming out of this, you know, a different person, but I'm still really emotional about mm -hmm. like what I endured. And so um so yeah, I think that was that was a good space to to kind of run into you all yeah. and also kind of share. Um, and again, it, I think we we share this history. And so any I think when we're always going to be connected, mm -hmm. right? Because we have this experience when we were in grad school, but we have this experience that of of this podcast also, but I feel very connected to to all of you. And I think that's kind of what was pulling at my heartstrings is that it it was you all that provided this this community that was really nourishing for me at a time where I really needed it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we want what's best for you. And it sounds like what's best for you is stepping away. And we've we've talked about this, so this mm -hmm. is no big surprise. But um wonderful to have the episodes that you've been able to do, including one of our very first ones around uh, moving beyond land acknowledgements and I am forever touched by your concluding your conversation with Laura Rendon with you saying sharing I love you mm. with each other mm -hmm. and uh, as you're talking about your transformation um, and hearing what she has meant to you uh, it's just it feels like we're coming full circle and coming around to that and uh, yeah. your way of being and and the possibilities that that's going to evoke and you're always you're always welcome back if you get you know super energized on a topic or a, or a guest or something like that uh we'd love to have you come back and and jump in as a host and share something or offer something along with folks but you've been here from the very beginning and helped shape what this is and and continue to shape what it's become and we we're just really really grateful for all the episodes, but also the conversations and the wisdom and the the, uh, the mentoring and the guidance uh, you've offered us along the way. 
I appreciate that. And thank you for, again, just providing the space for me to be my, my authentic self and for me to just, um, you know, show up as, you know, in any way that I, that I could show up. And so um, super appreciative of the work that you all do. And I hope that, and know that you will all continue to impact the field and, 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 and make it restorative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're running out of time. The podcast is called Student Affairs Now. And so we always end with what are you thinking, troubling, or pondering now? So what's with you now? Um, I think a lot is has been, you know, I've been working with and for undocumented students and DACA students, you know, and um and just getting to to meet more and more students on my campus and and I think when I when I've talked to student affairs professionals across you know different institutions, it's I think what what I'm pondering now is um, what is what is the career pathways look like for folks that you know don't don't have a work permit, and so mm-hmm. I think those are the issues that keep me up at night, but also like how can we create more humanizing spaces you know for our students um, on our college campuses. Um, so I know like right now, higher education, there's a lot of ways and directions that um, we're looking forward to, we can look back to. And I think for me, it's it's really about continuing to be in solidarity and community with the community that um, has really given me a lot of life and, and joy in the academy. So. So I continue to just kind of put a lot of my energy and and heart into um into those individuals in that community. So that's kind of where what I'm thinking about, where I'm at, and um and I also continue to just um again rethink notions of work and rethink, you know, what is what is the next chapter for mm-hmm. Susana Munoz look like? And so Mm-hmm. Um, not that I have that thought out or written, but I feel like, you know, there's some different ways that I made me think about my career going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited, whatever it is. Um, I, th- I think what is with me now I'll share is you, you've continuously in this conversation talked about a sabbatical and professorship and scholarship and the work that you're doing, your research, the intellectual, and you have brought so much emotion to it. And you have continually talked about listening and paying attention to your body and what your body is telling you and also where your spirit wants to go and where do you want to connect with and where do you want to put your energy. And so I really appreciate you bringing sort of all four of those domains and this notion of of challenging uh, what is work is really radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh and it's a wonderful for you. I'm I'm delighted for that as someone who cares about you, but it's also wonderful role modeling for others. And I think you talked about how your students are doing that. And hopefully this conversation is an opportunity. We wanted to give you an opportunity to share about your journey because um, I think it's so been so transformative to you and other faculty who may be thinking about a sabbatical or mm. even some student affairs staff who are starting to have some sabbatical opportunities and possibilities. And I love how you're you're modeling that for all of us. Yeah. 
do not wait take it yeah and you know we've had some some we before we hit record we were talking about some some people in our lives who are really struggling who are really facing really difficult things and the reminder to not take things for granted uh not take the good things not to take the hard things for granted so i'm glad you're you're moving forward with that and i i can't wait to find out what's ahead for you yeah stay tuned yeah thank you susana um, and thanks to our sponsor of today's episode, Simplicity. Simplicity is the global leader in student services technology platforms with state-of-the-art technology that empowers institutions to make data-driven decisions specific to their goals. A true partner to the institution, Simplicity supports all aspects of student life, including but not limited to career services and development, student conduct and well-being, student success, and accessibility services. Learn more by visiting simplicity.com or connecting with them on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. As always, a shout out to Nat Ambrosi, who does all the behind the scenes work to make us look and sound good. We love the support for these conversations from our community, including you. You can help us reach even more folks by subscribing to the podcast, subscribing to YouTube, or subscribing to our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode and more. If you're so inclined, you can also leave us a five-star review. It really helps the reach of these conversations. I'm Keith Edwards. Thanks again to you, Susana Munoz, today and to everyone who's watching and listening. Make it a great week. Thank you. <laughs>